0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa and by Stuart Weir. And on this week's show we have the latest from the FIFA Under-20 World Cup as Nigeria knock out the hosts Argentina we look ahead to the first leg of the final of the CAF Champions League, Al athlete of Egypt hosting Wydad Casablanca of Morocco, and with the European season coming to an end, Solis Chukwu picks out his top 3 African players in Europe this season, headed by Nigeria's Victor Osimhen.
1: Truly special what he's been able to achieve
0: and has elevated him to,
1: you know, mythical status um, in in Naples along with, you know, the likes of Diego Maradona.
0: And besides Ossiemen, Solis goes for players based in France and in Belgium. Also, Stewart looks back at a thrilling English Premier League season. Let's start at the under-20 FIFA World Cup in Argentina. It's at the quarter-final stage, and there was a huge win for Nigeria, beating the host Argentina in the round of 16. Uh, the Gambia lost to Uruguay, and Tunisia lost a to 4-1 to Brazil in the round of 16. A big congratulations to Nigeria on a great result there. We'll see how far they can go. And interesting either that the African champion, Senegal, went out at the group stage while the other three African teams all made it through to the knockout stage.
2: Ultimately, Steve, that loss to Japan in their opener was definitely their undoing. It started them off on the wrong note and it was one that they were unable to recover from. Because had they wrapped up the job early on in the campaign, then that late equaliser from Colombia, it might not have done them in in the way it did because it inflicted maximum damage. That was a must-win game for Senegal and a draw pushed them to last in the group. It was the first time in their history that they failed to go beyond the first round of the Under-20 World Cup. They reached the semifinals in 2015, the round of 16 in 2017, and they got to the quarterfinals two years later. So whoever wins, one thing we do know is that it wouldn't be the now Senegal tradition of posing for a picture in bed with a trophy and winner's medal on this occasion. <laughs> it's a learning lesson for sure. The Cubs on this occasion struggled with conversion. But great thing is that they're young and they will bounce back.
0: Yeah, they surely will. Uh, now one story that was trending was Nigeria's captain at the under 20 World Cup, Daniel Bamé, allegedly being registered as a player from a club that doesn't exist. Uh, this story circulated all around the world. Uh, what do we know about this one, Ida?
2: Well, Steve, as you've said there, Bermay is pretty much accused of registering himself with a non-existent club so that he could play at the Junior World Cup. So Bame's team alleges that Yum Yum FC is based in Abuja, though they're pretty insistent on the fact that it's an academy and not a football club. And actually, there is a video that's doing the rounds on social media posted by Brazilian site, Kaze TV, though I'm not sure if I've gotten the pronunciation correct. But the the page got very big during last year's World Cup. They have over 8 million subscribers on their YouTube currently. Anyway, this was posted on their Twitter, right, where head coach of the under-20 Flying Eagles, Leydan Bosso, well, he confirms that Yum Yam FC is indeed an Abuja-based football academy. Whether there are records to attest to this, we don't know. Separately, there's also the added fact that some people are calling it yum-yum, others are calling it yan-yan, Others are calling it Union. (laughs) So the choice of name alone, to me at least, is definitely worth a chuckle. (laughs) And um, there were questions raised as well when Bame was picked for the senior squad. Now, this was back in March, and that was for the back-to-back Afghan qualifier games against Guinea-Bissau. You see, some people thought that there were more deserving under-20 players for the call-up. Pesero, the head coach, however, well, he begged to differ. And this inclusion of a non-league player, in this case, Perme to the senior team, well, it did raise eyebrows. And Steve, when you talk to people familiar with the Super Eagles during the late Stephen Keshi's time, well, it said that Keshi's decision to... Invite then a non-league player, Gabriel Okechuku, to the senior team was very controversial and actually contributed to his sacking. So, you know, this move, to include Bamey, it is bringing back memories. Because at the end of the day, Steve, despite the Super Eagles dwindling in stature, perhaps over the decades, this is still an African giant that definitely needs to vet its call-ups very seriously. And in all candor, some things that one might not necessarily be too surprised to see from smaller teams in African football, well, one surely cannot expect to see at the level of the Super Eagles, you know? And the other thing to consider here is whether this was a possible document falsification case. Because after all, this is a FIFA event. It's a FIFA World Cup. And there has to be some form of registration, I would imagine, some form of appendage, either by Bamei or his seniors in this situation, someone that can attest that all details given are true. So frankly, Steve, at this stage, it's definitely more questions than answers. But look, I'll say this. But May has given a decent account of, of, of himself at the under 20 World Cup. He was at the center of most statistics in that opener, their 2-1 win over the Dominican Republic with, amongst other statistics, the highest number of completed passes from both sides at 74. That is according to FIFA. And he was good at right back in Nigeria's wins. But the minute he got shifted to central defence, well, things changed and he wasn't that comfortable in the loss to Brazil.
0: Yes, and Bamé captained the Flying Eagles again in the round of 16 win over Argentina we well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport to the CAF Champions League final as Al-Athli of Egypt hosts Widad Casablanca of Morocco in the first leg of the final this Sunday. It's a repeat of last year's final where Widad beat Al Ahly 2-0 in Casablanca last year in front of a huge, passionate crowd. Uh, that was played over one leg, an experiment that didn't work. So now we're back to a two-legged final. Uh, how do you see it going, Ida?
2: Well, Steve, you know what they say. If it ain't broke, why fix it? Because while the last couple of years have had quite the dramatic and controversial finals, you know, what with VAR introduction and whatnot, none of those issues, and I do stand to be corrected here, had to do with location. So the CAF administration at the time essentially ruined a model that had been working for about four decades, I believe, in an attempt to copy the European one-leg format and it just didn't work. African problems require African solutions. The last three CAF Champions League finals were decided in single ties and it became increasingly hard, you know, to find locations that could do this outside of North Africa. 2022's final was especially controversial, and I'm sure that the Continental body would not want a repeat at all costs of that situation. So let the teams go at it on fair, even grounds, and let's see who will lift the title and be $4 million richer.
0: Yes, thanks, Ida. Looking forward to a great contest between Al Atli and Widad over two legs. Al Atli looking for a record-extending 11th title. Widad Casablanca looking to win it for a fourth time. The game is on Sunday night. And on Saturday, we have the second leg of the final of the CAF Confederation Cup. Young Africans or Yanga of Tanzania playing USM Algier of Algeria. USM won the first leg 2-1, so they're very much holding the advantage. Stryker Aymen Mahous uh, was among the scorers there. He was the top scorer at the Chan, the African Nations Championship, earlier this year, uh, featuring for Algeria. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on why Leicester got relegated from the English Premier League. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. So the season is concluding in most European countries now, with the Champions League final on next weekend, and I'm joined by Planet Sport Football Africa's Solis Chukwu in Lagos, in Nigeria. Now Solis is an expert on African players in Europe. Uh, Solis, can you pick out for us uh, three players who stood out for you this season uh, across Europe?
1: Sure thing, Steve. I think the obvious place to start here is with Victor Osimhen, who has had a um, truly marvellous season in Syria with Napoli. As we know, he's Africa's first ever capo cannonieri, barring something truly remarkable on the final day of the Italian top flight season. Um, Africa has had a lot of great ambassadors in Syria, so for Victor cement to be the very first to be named the league's top scorer, is, that's truly something special. Um, one of those um, legendary African uh, players to play in Syria, of course, is George Ware, former World Football of the Year. Um, because Simeon broke his goal-scoring record um, Where, of course, set that record playing for AC Milan over the course of five seasons Because Simeon has broken it in three And that just underlines what a tremendous asset he has been since moving to the club And especially in this campaign um, As we know, it's not just the numbers The Nigerian international was his goals were crucial in delivering Napoli's first Scudetto in 33 years And only their third overall Um, that uh, it's truly special what he's been able to achieve and it's elevated him to, you know, mythical status um, in in Naples, along with, you know, the likes of Diego Maradona who is no longer with us. So you can see he's done wonders for his reputation, he's done wonders for his standing in world football, scoring 30 goals in all competitions and counting. Um, As a result, he's pretty much linked to every big club going at the moment. There are a lot of vacancies in top clubs all over Europe for um, a true standard bearer and attack. And I think Victor Siemens' performances this campaign have convinced Many to dig their toes and you know you know put in their bids. Um, he, of course, he won't go cheap this summer. You definitely have to see a fee in the region of 100 to 150 million. But that just serves to um, bring home what Victor simon has achieved this season and how well he's performed. So, is in terms of African performances in Europe, I think he's the clear standout. But he's not been the only one, of course. Um, you could also look at what Sekou Fofana has done in Ligue 1 with Lens, um, who finished second in Ligue 1 and qualified for the Champions League for the first time in something like 20 years. I think that's also almost just as impressive, to be honest. Um, Sekou Fofana, the um, Côte d'Ivoire international, has been a true inspiration for this side. Not to forget he's a captain, a 28-year-old. Um, he's a real dynamo. He's pretty much the heart and soul of this team. And he scored nine goals and six assists in all competitions for Lens to take them up to second in Ligue 1. Ligue 1 is, you know, as we know, it's PSG plus 19 others a lot of the time. So it's really just a race to see who can push the Paris club the farthest. And this season it was Lens. They were very impressive. Um, even in the home streets when the pressure ramped up, they put together a 16 winning run. And I think if you look at that, you could see fans, you know, handprints all over it. I mean, in that in that moment when the pressure was at its highest, Fofana popped up in important goals at important times. For example against France um when loss were down to ten minutes, So Fofana popped up with um, an important goal to give them the win in that and you know, make sure that momentum wasn't truncated And I think that's truly, truly important and representative of you know what a tremendous footballer Seco Fofana is. Um if I had to pick one more, I would say this one is a bit more left field. I think Gift Orban has really taken a lot of people by surprise. He's taken Europe by storm, for one thing. Um, The 20-year-old, he joined um, Ghent in January from Stabek, that's in Scandinavia. And over the course of, what, just like four and a half months, he scored 20 goals in 20 matches. Um, Orban, he's Nigerian, um, spent part of his childhood in Togo, so also speaks French. Um, he's been so so good for again far above what they could have expected or anticipated to be honest it's not just the goals for him either. It's you know, it's the way he's scoring them. It's all manner of finishes from close range, from far out. He possesses a a truly powerful shot on either foot. He's very impulsive, very eager to shoot on sight, and the self belief on Gift Urban is just tremendous. I mean, he he famously tried to shoot directly from kickoff and almost scored. As a matter of fact, hit the bar in league play. He's just he's just such a peculiar interesting player. He's so self-confident. He was benched for a league game and brought on. He made it very clear to the cook that he's not having that. Um he's he even managed to route the online Arsenal fan base with some, you know, inopportune commentary on their ongoing league title drought But I think it's just it paints a portrait of a very self-confident footballer who, for whom the sky is the limit. I think if you temper, you know, some of his more outspoken tendencies and you really channel his desire, which is really palpable when you watch him, if you channel that the right way, you could have a world-beater, really. So, Genta, at this point, are in a situation where they can pretty much name their price this summer. That's if they actually want to move him on. But he will have no shortage of suitors. So, I think these three, for me, really stand out when I'm looking at African footballers and how they performed in Europe this season.
0: Well, thanks, Solis. That's an interesting pick there. Gift Orban, the Nigerian, plays for Ghent in Belgium, 20 years old, 20 goals in 21 appearances in just four and a half months in Belgium. Amazing a performance there. Uh, Solis's other two picks, Victor Osimen of Napoli and Nigeria, stunning season for him. Uh, must be the front runner for the African Footballer of the Year award. And also Seko Fofana of Lens in France and Ivory Coast. Uh, A year ago, Solis picked out Forfana as a player who had an outstanding season for a 2021-2022 season. Well, asking for your thoughts on this on social media, who do you think was the best African player in Europe this season? Uh, So Solis there, picking Osimen, Seko Fofana and Gift Orban as possibilities. Other notable players include Mohamed Salah with Liverpool, Riyad Mahrez with Manchester City and Atraf Hakimi with Paris Saint-Germain in France. So who would you say was the best African player in Europe this season? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us eight WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Last week on social media we asked her will there be an African coach in the English Premier League in the next 10 years. Last week we looked at how African coaches have made progress over the past 10 years outside the continent with Ndubisi Egbo becoming the first African coach to win a title in Europe, the Nigerian winning the 2020 Albanian League with FF Tirana. But there hasn't been an African manager in the English Premier League or any of the other major leagues of Europe As yet, so we asked, do you see it happening in the next 10 years? Well, Uvevure M.K. Mishak in Nigeria says that the problem is that most African players after playing don't want to invest back into football. They prefer to become football pundits or to run other businesses like hospitality and so on. They should try to own a small community club or to coach or be agents and so on, says Mishak. Uh, Penye in Zimbabwe says we'd like to see more of them in that part of the world doing well, but I think it should start back home. For example, taking a local club to the Club World Cup final against Real Madrid and beating them, that would make the top clubs to believe in our coaches, says Penyai. In the Gambia, Mohamed Ba is sounding very optimistic, uh, saying, yes, I think there will be an African coach in the English Premier League in the next 10 years. We have very good, young, talented coaches in Africa – all they need is to build their capacity more for them to know the technicalities and to build good teams to compete at the top level. Uh, the Premier League is the most competitive league in the world, so you must be very knowledgeable to manage at that level. And also discrimination is preventing African coaches from managing clubs in the Premier League, says Mohamed. And uh, finally, Sideko Suno in the Gambia says, yes, why not? We do have the skills to do it. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. Always great to hear from you. Uh, So the seasons are winding up in Europe. The English FA Cup final on this Saturday, Man City against Manchester United. Uh, That should be a great game. Then the following weekend, it is the Champions League final, Man City against Inter Milan. So we'll see if Man City can do the treble. Let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. So Man City, the English Premier League champions. And what a season it was, Stuart.
3: So an amazing Premier League season had ended. And for me, probably one of the most exciting seasons I can remember. A season of predictable results and surprises in equal measure. And incredibly, a season in which 39 people were manager of a Premier League club, at least for a game or two. We already knew that Manchester City were champions and that Arsenal would finish second. The gap in the end, five points. Manchester United took third place, four points ahead of Newcastle United, who will also be in the Champions League. United have made great progress under Eric Ten Hag, finishing third as opposed to sixth last year. They won the League Cup and they will play in the FA Cup final Saturday. United beat Manchester City, Arsenal and Liverpool in their league programme, but also suffered the embarrassment of losing 7-0 to Liverpool and 6-3 to Manchester City. Ten Hag will know that the gap between them and City is still immense and will need to make some astute signings this summer. And another complicating factor for Manchester United is that the Glazers, the unpopular American owners, have put the club up for sale. But what a two years it's been for Newcastle United. At the end of 2021, the club was bought by a consortium based on Saudi Arabian money. When they appointed Eddie Howe as manager, the club was fighting relegation. 18 months later, the club has qualified for the Champions League. While it would be easy to say that that's all down to the Saudi money, Newcastle have not bought many players. A few astute signings like Nick Pope and Alexander Isaac but largely Eddie Howe simply got the best out of his existing squad. The Newcastle story is a complete contrast to Chelsea who spent that $700 million to make the team worse. Chelsea 4th in October, three managers later finished 12th and incredibly there are seven Premier League clubs from London and Chelsea are the sixth-best London club. The two Europa League places go to Liverpool and Brighton, and contrasting reactions there, with Brighton absolutely delighted with sixth place, their best-ever finish, while Liverpool will be really disappointed to miss out on Champions League. Aston Villa in seventh will play in the Europa Conference League. Tottenham finished eighth, having been in the top four and on course for a Champions League place until January, but three defeats in the last five meant no European football at all. Not even good enough for the Europa Conference League. Leave no manager. Big questions about Harry Kane's future. Not great times for Spurs. At the bottom, we already knew that Southampton were relegated, and in the end it was Everton who survived, with Leicester City and Leeds United relegated. Southampton's final game at home to Liverpool somehow summed up their season. Two goals down in 15 minutes, Southampton then scored four to lead 4-2, but two late goals made it 4-4 for Liverpool.
0: Yeah, that was quite a remarkable game. Um, So we lost uh, two uh, great clubs in uh, Leicester and Leeds, Stuart. It was a sad
3: day for Leicester City, Premier League champions in 2016, FA Cup winners in 2021 and semi finalists in the Europa Conference League last season. Top nine in each of the last five seasons are now relegated. In February, Leicester won successive league games scoring four goals each time and were 14th in the table. But they went on from there to enter the last game of the season with only one win in the previous 15. I read an interview with Brendan Rodgers who was fired as manager towards the end of the season. He said that last summer he had envisaged five or six signings only to be told by the owners that there was no money for new players. The club had lost Kasper Schmeichel one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League and they were losing Jimmy Vardy one of the best strikers in the Premier League history 156 goals losing him in the sense that at thirty-six. He was no longer the power that he had been and no longer had that blistering pace which made him such a great player. And Leicester replaced neither Schmeichel nor Vardy. Leicester beat West Ham 2-1 on the final day of the season but that was not enough. Leicester needed Everton to lose. And Leicester now find themselves in a strange position of having nine players out of contract including Nampalides Mende from Senegal Daniel Amarty from Ghana. Telemans, such a great player. And James Madison has only one year left and he seems likely to leave as well. And then there's a question of Dean Smith, the former Aston Villa and Norwich manager, appointed with eight games to go to keep them in the Premier League. Obviously failing. What is his future? A lot of questions there to be answered. Leeds United were one of the big teams in English football. Once reaching a Champions League final and winning the league the year before the Premier League started. Then they dropped out of the top division. But in 2020, Leeds were promoted to the Premier League again after an absence of 16 years. And under their somewhat erratic but always interesting manager, Marcelo Bielsa, they finished 7th in 2021, 17th in 2022, but by then Bielsa had gone. Sam Allardyce was in charge for the last three games and he was their third manager this season. But I think if you go back to April, that was what sealed their fate. Remember that home game with Crystal Palace where they lost 5-1 and then their next home game they lost 6-1 to Liverpool. And that wretched form continued with a run of nine games in which they picked up just two points. The team simply seemed to lack quality. Sam Allardyce has said that he would like to remain as Leeds manager but it remains to be seen what happens. So Everton survived. With Leicester City at one stage leading West Ham and Everton scoreless against Bournemouth, an hour into that game, it was Everton who had dropped into the bottom three. Then a spectacular goal in the 67th minute by Abdoulaye Decore, French-born Mali international, changed everything, saved Everton and Leicester were doomed at their expense. Incredibly, Steve, this was the fourth time in the Premier League era that Everton had gone into the last game of the season needing to win to secure their Premier League status. Sean Dyche will remain in charge, but he has a big rebuilding task to do. One final thought, Steve. Everton's decision to replace Frank Lampard with Sean Dyche worked, while Southampton's three managers and Leicester's late replacement of Brendan Rodgers with Dean Smith did not. And interestingly, the three clubs above Everton, West Ham, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth, all remained loyal to their manager through the difficult part of the season and got their reward, preserved Premier League status.
0: Yeah, big decisions uh, with a huge uh, implications there. And uh, Mali's Abdullah Dukure with that uh, stunning, crucial goal for Everton. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? Alexander Mitrovic had a penalty saved by David De
3: Gea on Sunday. It was the fourth penalty he's missed in the Premier League this season, and that's a record. But he's also scored four. He may consider himself a bit unlucky, as David De Gea has not saved a penalty at Old Trafford for nine years. Now, here's a funny statistic. Based on the starting 11 throughout the season, 48% of Wolves players were Portuguese. Remember that they had two successive Portuguese managers before Loptegi. And this was a Premier League record. Previously, in 2013, Newcastle had 40% French players and Arsene Wenger's selections in 2002 included 38% of players who were also French. Relegated Leicester City scored 51 goals this season and it's a long time since a team scoring as many goals as that have been relegated. The problem for Leicester is that they also conceded 68. And finally, just a round-up of some of the other major European leagues, which also finished last weekend. Barcelona are Spanish champions, but that happened several weeks ago. Similarly, Napoli and Italy are champions. PSG, as usual, won the French title. The closest was Germany, with Bayern Munich only winning on goal difference from Dortmund. And Dortmund had a lead going into the final game, but could only draw at home while Munich won away.
0: Well, thanks, Stuart. So the Manchester derby, the FA Cup final on Saturday, City versus United. Also this weekend, the CAF Champions League final first leg, as uh, that's on Sunday, al Ahly of Egypt playing Wydat Casablanca of Morocco. That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa and from Stuart Weir, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.